The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoopball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is Monday, December 2nd, and I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined with one of, if not the biggest sharks in the NBA DFS world, Mr. Mike Apatria. How are you, Michael? I'm doing well, Coach. I had a you know, fun weekend. I got to go out with uh, the girlfriend and a friend of mine, went to the casino, so mentioned that on the oh. other show. We talked about yeah, playing number. Yeah, I, I played your number, coach. It did not hit, unfortunately. Um, oh. But it was one number off. So I, I, I'll oh. give it. I'm going to say that you know, if I played it a few more times, it was definitely hitting. Uh, you know, I, I didn't do too well. I didn't. I didn't go there. You know, expecting to you know spend a lot, and I, I lost a little bit. But my buddy, he uh, he cashed out pretty well. Um, yeah, nice. he ended up winning like uh, twelve hundred or something like that. So. Jeez. Not bad, man. Not bad. Yeah, a fun night overall. So now uh, I got to break down a bunch of the stuff earlier. I was doing some blurbs all afternoon, and I think I got a pretty good uh, handle on this slate, Coach. I'm pretty excited to talk about it. Fantastic. Well, let's uh, let's dive in. We're going to go after it. We've got a six-game slate, um, three, uh, I'm sorry, two 7 p.m. games, a 7.30, two 8s, and then a late-night sweat 10 o'clock game. So, a uh, perfect size slate should be very interesting to uh, to break down here and definitely some uh, money to be won. So uh, before we get started, we want to thank our presenting sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Uh, we appreciate their sponsorship. Uh, they've been with hoop-ball.com from the beginning, and hopefully uh, that will be a relationship that will always be there because we certainly all support their uh, company with producing coffee because we're all addicted to the Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee for sure. So good stuff. So we thank them and we want to dive right in. Six game slate. First game on the slate is the Phoenix Suns at the Charlotte Hornets. Who would you like to take, sir? Uh, we'll start with uh, we'll start with Phoenix because I generally pretty much look at the same guys on Charlotte every uh, every game in and out. So uh, looking at the Phoenix side of the ball, I think it's um, you know opportunity here with a price tag of Ricky Rubio. I think we could finally jump back on it. It looks like that minutes limit and everything with his back is kind of, is finally cleared up. He played 33 minutes in the last one. He's not mentioned on the injury report. So um, at that price tag in this matchup, I have no problem rolling out Ricky Rubio. I'd probably prefer him point per dollar to Devin Booker. Not anything yeah. bad being said about Devin Booker. He's, you know, lights out scorer, can blow up on any slate. Uh, but, you know, if you're talking about, you know, I know you like cash games, Coach. When you're talking about just a safe floor, Ricky Rubio provides that. And he also provides a nice ceiling at that price tag. So uh, he'd be my main focus on the Phoenix side. One thing I want to do monitor is going to be the uh, the injuries of the guys between Miles Bridges and uh, – uh, I'm sorry, Cam uh, Cam Johnson. Yeah. So uh, both those guys are currently questionable right now. If one or both of them were to sit, I think that you could pretty much just lock and load Kelly Oubre and just you know know that he's playing big minutes. And that's the one thing that we have to worry about when we play Oubre. It is you know you'll notice in some of the games where as it was down games in the teens, uh, that's because he played maybe 18, 29, 24 minutes. Uh, but when he's getting 30 to you know 
40 minutes, it, it's almost stone cold lock, 35 to 40 DK points. So you're paying for him at 7K, but I feel like you could feel a little better about paying for him if one or two of those guys sit out. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I think that's a good point. And uh, I'll tell you, I, I watched quite a bit of that last Suns game, and Ubre looked fantastic, man. He is, he's really coming into his own all the way around. I mean, he was blocking shots and finishing at the rim. He's, he's a nice ball player. Um, all right, uh, as far as the pace in this game, Phoenix is 10th in the league, Charlotte's 25th. So, you know, we've got a pace down game for Phoenix, which is a little bit of a concern. Charlotte has been slowing it down. Um, but it is quite a bit of a pace up game on that side of the ball. Um, Devontae Graham is a guy that really gets my interest. He has been hot. Uh, and uh, just I think that the type of uh, defense that the backcourt in Phoenix plays, I think it will be a good fit for him. He's certainly a guy that gets my attention. Uh, I think Rubio was a good call on your part. I mean, he looked like he's back from injury and, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, can score fantasy points in a lot of different ways. Plus, uh, in defensive efficiency, I think something to note here is, Charlotte's got the second worst defense in the league. They've been plummeting to the bottom. Uh, Washington's the only team uh, behind them. So, you know, it, that really encouraged me, encourages me to go a little bit more towards Phoenix. And I think, you know, Rubio and Oubre are both great plays. Um, Baines is back from injury, but he just doesn't look quite right yet. I think he's, I, you know, it's a little bit more wait and see. And then, uh, like I say, you know, Phoenix is 19th defensively, so they're below even the middle of the pack as well. Uh, Devontae Graham, to me, is certainly in play. Uh, the big men are, are confusing right now with Charlotte because uh, you've got Biombo splitting time with Zeller. Uh, you got P.J. Washington, Marvin Williams, and a lot of guys getting minutes in the big. So I do like this game, and I think that uh, – just the lack of defense on both sides uh, comes into play. So I'll be probably stacking about three guys from this game, specifically targeting uh, Graham Rubio and Ubre. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on board with Graham. I think you can also look at Rozier. Both their price tags are fair, especially in this matchup. And they've both, you know, been showing pretty good floors recently. It looks like they're starting to gel playing together. They're both getting their shot attempts. And generally, they're leading the team in the shot attempts. So I'm uh, yeah. I'm okay with rolling out either one of those guys. I don't think either one of them are necessarily priority, like must-play, start-your-lineup-with kind of guys. But, uh, you know, it's a good matchup and, and, and good price tags on both of them. Don't mind them. Good stuff. All right. Uh, we go to the second 7 o'clock game. It's the Utah Jazz at 12-8 and eight against the Philadelphia 76ers, 14-6. and six. Uh, Jazz, uh, I watched them. They're going to be on the second half of a, a doubleheader and traveling to Philly. So that could be tough for the Jazz. It was a bizarre game. Did you watch any of that game tonight? Uh, no, I did not catch any of it. Why? What happened? Is there anything I should have seen? Well, the incredible thing was... The Jazz, guess how many they trailed by at halftime? Take a stab. Uh, seven? Forty. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. They were down I by I didn't even 40. catch any of it. Yeah, they and they proceeded to have the biggest quarter in the history of Utah Jazz basketball. 
I believe they scored 49 in the third quarter. Something ab- just absolutely incredible. And they cut it all the way down to like 14 from 40 in one quarter. So it was, I just, I couldn't stop watching. I was like, what the heck? And then uh, like teams normally do when they make monster runs like that, they just ran out of gas. And then Toronto pulled back away at the end and won by 20. But I just, I don't think I've ever seen a team down that many at halftime and then make such a big run. But, you know, that being said, and the reason I brought it up is that gives me major concern that they're on the second back, you know, a night of a back-to-back coming off a big effort of trying to come back like that and then having to travel to Philly and and play a fantastic Philadelphia defensive team that ranks eighth right now in the entire league. Uh, and the Jazz are no slouches either. They're sixth. So you've got two really, really good uh, defensive teams and teams that are, are half-court set-up type of teams. Uh, they're 18th and 21st uh, in pace. So, you know, if there's ever a game to not rely much on, I think it's this one. I think you've got several reasons why uh, I think this is going to be a pass game for me. One being I think Philly could blow them out because of just the advantage of, of uh, you know, having the rest in Utah traveling and being tired. And both teams are slow-paced, and they both play good D, and they're both grind-out kind of teams. So uh, I'm certainly not going to pay up for Embiid uh, or uh, Donovan Mitchell or anything like that. And uh, I'll, I'll give this game to you. It's the, and the other thing I like about it is it's the NBA TV national game. And I'm telling you right now, those games always get more ownership because people that don't have the ticket especially are watching those games and they want to roster those guys. So it's even more motivation for me to pass. So I will turn this game over to you. Yeah, I'm kind of on the on the same boat as you. I mean, there's one guy I do have you know slight interest in, and it's only because of the price tag and the given matchup, and it's on the Utah side. It'd be Rudy Gobert. Uh, 7,400, they're going to need his size against Joel B. These guys played earlier in the season, and Gobert went off for, uh, it was like a 14-point, 16-rebound game. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get good run. He only played 28 minutes tonight during the blowout, so he, he got pulled early enough where he didn't play too much. So I, yeah. I think you can still look at some of these Utah guys despite that blowout. Like Conley only played about 25 minutes. So um, I'm not going to go to them just, be, you know, in this matchup. That's that's the main reason I don't want to play these guys. It's simply because simply of the matchup. Um, but it, I'm not as scared off necessarily because of the uh, the blowout or the back-to-back because of the blowout. Most of the starters got rested. So I think Gobert's going to be my main target, if anybody, in this game. Um, pretty, pretty good with uh, fading the whole Philly side over there just – all of them healthy, all of them playing. That usage gets spread out pretty evenly. You know, yeah. Josh Richardson is out, but you know, Cork Mass coming in uh, isn't really you know necessarily you taking a bunch of, uh, of that usage, and he's getting priced up at forty two hundred in DraftKings, where you're not getting that great value. We have plenty of good value that we could talk uh, talk about later in the games um, for just about the similar price tag. So I'm good. Yeah, well, that makes that one pretty darn easy. Um, all right, let's go on to game three. Uh, that is uh, a 7.30 game, Golden State Warriors at the Atlanta Hawks. Now, this one definitely is interesting. You got the 4-17 and Warriors 
at the four and sixteen Hawks, but that doesn't mean anything to DFS. DFS loves these kinds of games because neither team plays defense. Both teams can score. Uh, let's take a, a quick gander here. In pace, Atlanta's eighth, so they're getting up and down, and Golden State's now up to thirteenth. Uh, so they're both going to move. They're both going to get some additional possessions, which are really going to help matters. Uh, Atlanta's got the th- the third worst defense, Golden State the fourth worst defense. So you got two teams, like I said, that don't defend, and you have some guys that can light it up. Um, you know, a couple of things stand out. Obviously, Trey Young's going to be very, very, very high owned uh, on this slate. And deservedly so. The dude just fills it up. Um, and, you know, I, I, I noticed something the other night. I couldn't believe they were down 30 in the fourth quarter and midway through, and the coach was playing Trey Young. So that just s- says a lot that I think he wants to promote Young as far as just being an all-star, being, you know, whatever it is, get, in, get him that notoriety with those extra minutes and even if that just means an extra five minutes a game from the coach uh those are a lot of fantasy points so you know i'm i'm a big uh uh, trey young guy in this game i think he'll he'll do very well uh i'm probably going to steer from jabari parker uh because he'll probably get draymond defense which uh draymond uh sorry to cut you off he's uh he's he's most likely going to sit uh, oh, is he going to sit? Yeah, okay. it's, it's most likely. It's, it, it pretty much got announced maybe, uh, you know, 15 minutes before we went on air. So, uh, yeah, they said he's most likely going to sit because it's a back-to-back and rest. Well, that brings Jabari back into play on a pace game that, you know, it, it's you got to look for the top scorers on both sides. And, and I think uh, Trey and, and Jabari are the two guys that you have to look at first, uh, you know, I think those two guys are in play. And then on the Golden State side, um, you know, they played at Orlando, lost a close one. Um, it came down to the wire, actually, and, and uh, they lose 100 to 96. But they, they're only playing eight guys, and um, one of them got hurt tonight. It was Jordan Poole that got hurt. Uh, so – you got to really look at, at, at Golden State. I mean, let's look at this again. Draymond sits. That leaves Pascal, who played 35 minutes. Uh, he's in play. Willie Cauley-Stein had a great game. He had uh, double-double with 11 points and 12 rebounds. You know, he's in play. Um, Glenn Robinson and Alec Burks and Kai Bowman, all three of those guys as well, 36, 37 uh, minutes apiece. And uh, – and getting it done. So, man, you could stack this game very easily with any mix of Pascal, Robinson, Burks, and Bowman, and even Cauley Stein if if you're looking for value at center, uh, and then and then stack it back up on the other side, um, you know, and be done with it. I think that this game probably will have the highest over under on the board. I haven't seen any pre-numbers yet, but it just looks as though this would make sense to be, uh, you know, a big total, Vegas total. I'm sure this will be the highest. And uh, I think you got to stack this game. I don't think there's going to be a lot of lineups out there in cash or GPP that don't have 
three, four, five pieces from this game. I really don't. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, and uh, it's it's pretty simple for me. I mean, I've been all over Trey Young all year. I hope people are scared off of that 10-5 price tag. I, I that should, is a lot. I'm man. not. Uh, listen, we're going to have plenty of value. We're going to get to a lot of it later. We're already getting some good mid-tier value in this game with everybody on that Golden State side, like you said. They all get a they all get a, uh, a bump in pace. It's all going to give them, like, they, they're all underpriced for what they should do. Draymond sitting out plays a huge factor because now I'm expecting Bowman to start uh probably play 30 plus minutes and you know this guy's been getting it done in just you know 28 minutes here and there coming off the bench uh it's a totally different story when he's in that starting lineup and he's starting across from trey young the worst statistical defender at point guard in the nba so i will have a ton of shares of both of those two guys i think parker is in play i'm gonna monitor cam reddish's news right now he's currently questionable with a wrist injury if he sits i think Bembry's right back into play i love playing Bembry. i think this is a great matchup with him i'm not scared off by that 4800 price tag uh, he shot one for nine in the last game. He did it with the periphery stats. If he shot a little bit better, um, he would have had a, a, a pretty solid game. So uh, I would expect a decent bounce back from him as well. So those are my three guys I'm interested in in the Hawks. Like I said, a uh, ton of interest in Bowman. Looking at him, I think a ton of interest in Burks too at 6K. He's playing 30-plus minutes in every game in the past four or five games. So um, fantastic matchup for him as well. I think Pascal is going to be another one of the options I would look at. Robinson's been playing good, solid minutes every single game. He's another option. I think Cauley Stein would probably be my fifth out of the out of the the starting rotation, only because we're going to have other center options I like a little bit better for a cheaper price tag that we'll get to later. Um, and we know that the Hawks will play small if they have to. They're perfectly fine with that. Good call. Good call. All right, halfway through, let's dive right in. We're gonna we're moving along tonight. We're, we decided we're going to try to keep a good solid pace, uh, and we're we're uh, doing it so far. So. Eight, uh, the first of the two 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time games. Pacers at 12 and 7 at the Grizzlies at 6 and 13. Uh, you have a Pacers team that has everybody back. Uh, again, we'll have to watch news tomorrow, make sure everybody's in there. But, uh, you know, one thing that I noticed with the Pacers, and I'll, I'll just jump on this side of it real quick, is, you know, with everybody back, Brogdon is a stud. Sabonis is really good. Warren has been throwing up uh, some big games. Uh, Jeremy Lamb's not shy to shoot the ball. You know, you've got the guys really contributing now off the bench with the Holiday Brothers and Goga Batazzi and and some of the other uh, guys as well. So, you know, my concern with the Pacers uh, DFS-wise is – I've noticed the last two games now that they've had everybody back, I they don't quite make my lineup. I just think there's so many miles to feed there, and they're all sharing the ball, and they're a good team. And they don't even have Oladipo back yet. Then it's really going to be tough. But, uh, you know, I, I want to play Pacers. I like the Pacers uh, team, and I just I don't know if I can get there with this new situation of, of just so many guys uh, chipping in and, and doing a good job. So, you know, I can say this much, though. The pace is uh, a pace-up game majorly for Indiana. Memphis is uh, up to sixth in the league. Indiana's 23rd. So pace down for Memphis, pace up for Indiana. Um, Memphis is sort of a, a mess right now. Uh, we know that Jaws out for quite a while. They said he's week to week. That's never a good sign when you use that term, week to week. Uh, 
Joe Val missed uh, today because of a, a, a infection or, or virus. He was sick. Um, so, you know, I, they are just in shambles and Indiana's playing good ball. This game just scares the hell out of me, man. I, I just, I really, you know, Tyus Jones, you have to look at, he had third mid thirties fantasy points. He's a value. He's their starting point guard. But uh, did you see who else had a big game? The the third string point guard. DeAnthony. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a good prospect. He was uh, the guy that was over there in Houston last season. Uh, he had a good season with them too, and he he's very good. Listen, the uh, Anthony Melton, right? That's yep. yeah, yeah. And well, Go ahead, uh, jump I'll, in. I'll t- yeah, I'll, I was going to touch on him a little bit, and I definitely think he's he's an option to look at. Now, listen, I think a lot of people are going to be tantalized by that and be gravitated towards that, and probably prefer to play him over Tyus Jones. Um, wow. I, I I just I think a lot of people in GPPs necessarily. I think Tyus Jones will still garner his own ownership, but I think Mel- Melton's going to garner some too. Um, and for right, do I so. spell a chicken suit challenge? Oh no, we're gonna get to. It. I don't. I don't really like Melton that much. Oh <laughs> come on! No, I'm, I'm, I'd rather. I'd. I like somebody else for a cheaper price tag on the on the Memphis side. That I'll get to. I mean, I was gonna say, Bruno Cabocolo, give me a break. <laughs> you know, I'm a big Cabocolo guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I'll just I'll just hit that one right away. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have interest in Bruno Caboclo, and it's simply you know if Joe Val sits again, it's a lock and load for me. I'm playing him all across the board, um, without a doubt. And it's simply because Brandon Clark re aggravated his injury in his hip, his right hip injury, left the game early, did not return. I, I highly doubt he'll play in this game. I'd be surprised right. if he does. They're gonna need the sides against this Indiana team that plays two centers practically in the front court, and then brings yeah. another seven footer off their bench. So I think Kobocolo is going to have to play. Um, he fills up the stat sheets, whether it's steals, blocks, rebounds, um, threes, assists. He gets a lot of everything. I love that. He's near min salary. If not, I think he actually might be. Yeah, he is min salary. I'm all over him if the, if that if the situation pans out right. Um, yeah. And I do think Tyus Jones is still in play at 5600. Um, I'm going to probably avoid Jaron Jackson Jr. I like him in the right matchup. I don't think this is the matchup I want to target him in. Um, so I'll probably ease back off of him and mostly just be looking at those two guys. Yeah, and you know, I, if Joe Val sits, you, you can't fade Caboclo. He's going to be a million percent owned, but at the price he is and the minutes that he's going to get and the production, he's just automatic. If Joe Val plays, then, you know, you don't have to go the Bruno direction. But with, you know, with Clark out. Okay, can, um, I, can, I, can I cut in real quick, Coach? Sure. Um, I do have interest in Bruno if Joe Val still plays. It would be GPPs only. Um, yeah. Just because he's mid salary, I would still expect 18 to 20 minutes from him if Joe Val plays. Um, and then all we need to do is see Jaron Jackson Jr. get into some sort of foul trouble, which can happen on any given night, like we just saw tonight, played 19 minutes. Um, and yeah. then he's playing big minutes all again. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm expecting Clark to, to kind of sit. So he's basically one of the only backup bigs that they have and want to play at the five and at the, uh, at the uh, four. So unless they want to go small, but that's not gonna, they're not going to be able to get away with that against this team. Yeah, and and if Joe Val was sick enough to miss, you know, today, he's not going to be a hundred percent tomorrow. So, I, I mean, you just might as well plan on putting Bruno in there and just eating the chalk with everybody else because you have to. It'll make uh, your lineup a lot easier, and you know, he he can put thirty, forty fantasy points uh, on the board at a minimum salary. So it's a no brainer there for sure. Um, you, so you're not looking at anybody on the Indiana side either. 
I don't really like their price tags. Like I, I've, I've been Brogdon's priced fi- uh, like you know fairly now. He's at eighty one hundred. So is bonus. Um, they're both priced fairly. Those are the only two guys I generally play. I was on Warren last game. I, got, I hit him right on the right on the head. I got him at the right time. He was just underpriced at forty eight hundred. But now he's back up to sixty two. So um, you know a lot of that juice is not. It's not on the bone anymore anymore for us, Coach. I don't think we need to go back to that. So if you I'm wanted like, to play Bro- uh, Brogdon as a bonus, I won't knock you for it, but they're not going to be staples of my lineup. Yeah, I, I don't think so. And this game has blowout potential as well, even though it's in Memphis. But uh, all right, game five. As we rock and roll along here, we have the, the mismatch of the night, the monster spread of the night, uh, the lowly New York Knicks at 4-16 and at the – Awesome, seventeen and three Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, so you've got a very blowout potential game without question here, which you know puts everything uh, in shambles. Really, I mean, you know, the first thing is you've you've got to get at least fifty four fantasy points, which I know that he averages like sixty fantasy points, but you have to get at least fifty four plus fantasy points from Giannis just to get to value. So, I mean, that's a lot of pressure in a game where he may not play extended minutes because it's going to be a blowout. So I'm not, I'm just not going to go with Giannis. I mean, you know, Trey Young, I would much rather go with, even though he has to get to 52 fantasy points to make value at that big number. But I see that happening uh, in a more competitive Golden State game than I would with Giannis playing against the Knicks here. So, you know, do you take, if you game script it out, do you go with a few of the bench guys that do soak up the extra minutes when it's a blowout, like the Pat Connaughton's or the Dante DiVincenzo's? Those guys, you know, in the right scenario, if you hit it right, you know, at a low, low price can hit 30 fantasy points easy uh, in a blowout style game, or do you hope the Knicks stay close and go with some Bucks guys? I'm not going to risk it as far as playing any of the regulars for Milwaukee. Um, you know, on the on the flip side with the Knicks, you know, I'm not taking Julius Randle here at a big price uh, or an RJ Barrett. I just don't. The Knicks are hard to roster. Uh, they really are. I mean, they're. They're not playing at a fast pace. In fact, the Knicks are down to 28th in pace now. Uh, Milwaukee is now tied with Houston at the, the top spot. So, you know, on top of playing chalk Milwaukee guys that are high-priced, they're a horrible pace-down game. You know, I guess you can make a case for the Knicks that it's a pace up, but how long does Fizdale go with the guys if the game does tilt in the wrong direction? Plus Milwaukee's fifth in defensive efficiency. Um, and then just to add to the blowout potential, the Knicks are all the way down to 22nd. So the bottom line is, you know, this looks like a game of a, a slate of faded games and stack games. You know, right now I want to stack Golden State Atlanta, a little Phoenix Charlotte. I want to fade Utah, 
fade Indiana, Memphis, and fade New York, Milwaukee. How about you, man? Uh, I, I'm not going to fade this game completely. I'm with you. It, it, it's probably got some pretty decent blowout potential, and you're, it's going to go basically on how you game script it for yourself. You know, if you're playing Giannis, you can target some of the you know more expensive guys on the other side of the ball. I, I'm on the same boat. I'd probably rather prefer Trey Young uh, as opposed to Giannis, but I'm also a GPP player who builds multiple lineups, so. I will have some shares of him. Uh, it's Giannis at the end of the day. He put up 45 DK points in 19 minutes last game. It was ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's, it's, imagine if he played 38. We're looking at a 90-point game. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's definitely in play. Um, I'm also going to be looking at the guys taking – Brooke Lopez is doubtful at the moment. We saw Robin Lopez start for him in the last game. 4,400, I think he's definitely in play, especially because the Knicks like to play big. Uh, they have about 11 different power forwards and centers combined. So I, I definitely think I'll be looking at him. Um, another name I wanted to bring up is in, if you are game scripting it as a blowout, you might want to take a look at DJ Wilson. Uh, played mid-20 minutes last time. He's a decent point-per-minute producer. I can see him playing a majority of the fourth quarter if this game gets out of hand. So 3,600, I think he's a rock-solid value as well. Um, you know, DiVincenzo, Connaughton, both those guys are in play. They're that mid-fours price tag, which is still a solid value. Um but they're not my favorite targets. You know, I'd probably rather go down to a guy like DJ Wilson if I'm game scripting a blowout. Um, on the other side of the ball, I, I really only have interest in one player, and I, I hate I hate recommending him, but it's Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, 30, 3,200 next to Minsal. Uh, played 38 minutes tonight. Frank Nitticalina hurt his back. Doubtful for tonight uh, for for Monday's game. We're recording Smart. this night before. Yeah. So um, at 3,200, even if he plays. You know, 20, 24 minutes, 25 minutes. Um, there's still, you know, there's a decent chance. It's a tough matchup. Everything else bodes bad against it. Like, you just don't want to do it. But it's the next to min salary. So I just want to mention him. No, I, I think, you know, that's the best uh, best point of the day so far. I mean, I really do. If if Nilakina sits uh, at the price that, that Smith is down to, I think you got to play him, don't you? Well, I mean, yeah. He becomes such a, I mean, when a guy only has to get like 24, 25 fantasy points to make value and he's going to play 30, mid-30s minutes, you know, I just, that's a hard one to pass up. I think that's a great point. And that's something you got to watch the news. Uh, stay with us and listen, you know, Twitter, the whole nine yards, because, you know, that's that's one that, is, that no doubt. I mean, if he's going to be, Mid thirties at that price, you've got to play him. And but I'll do, I will say that that the the thing I'm excited about in this game is I think the the sucker play is going to be everybody jumping on the Robin Lopez bandwagon and plugging him in because he's cheap. I think he busts in this game. I, I think you know I watched some of that last game. He had just everything bounce his way. He whacked the three early. I just I think he's a bust even at the cheap price. And I, I think that's a free square for me to take and, and put somebody else in there that's that's going to triple them in, in points. So that's one bonus side that I see that I think you can really deviate from the, the, the chalk uh, lineups that will have Robin Lopez in there. Hey, I'm not knocking you for it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, you know, he only played 24 minutes. It's certainly an avenue. It's not every game he's going to get four assists in 24 minutes. So, right. um, you know, I, I can easily see. I'm not going to be going overweight on him. Um, I had I had all of them uh, in the last one, but he was also mid-salary. So yeah. that, that price bump definitely makes me think about it a little bit more. Uh, one thing I did want to mention, though, with the Den Smith Jr. thing is that Alfred Payton did practice um, on Saturday. It was a partial practice. 
miss today's game. I'm not expecting him to play, but it's something to monitor that might impact his minutes. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure Nidaclean is more or less going to be ruled out. So, Excellent. Well, you know, that, that leads me to the point that I wanted to make real quickly here is, you know, we, we talk about this constantly, but I just want to remind our listeners, you know, it, this is a process, sort of a three-step process in building these winning lineups in DFS. Listen to our show first thing in the morning or at your lunch break. Start building your lineups, getting things into uh, works, you know, uh, get an idea of that shell lineup. Then the second piece is following all of the news throughout the day, all the way up until lock. And you can do that by following us on Twitter at Hoopball Fantasy. That's where all the blurbs are going up and everything from Miles and Andy and our hoop-ball.com team. You can follow me at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He is at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. I also, Andrew's at Hoop, uh, I'm sorry, at Language Olympic. And Miles is at Miles6565. Uh, List, you know, follow us all. We're all posting, we're all tweeting. Uh, you know, keep an eye on that. The other spot to go is go to hoop ball.com, click on forums, click on DFS thread. That's where constant information is going on there 24 7. Miles, Andy, and the rest of all of our DFS team are posting player news, uh, trends lines of, of games, over-unders, everything, just to get, help you build your lineup. So follow that. And then the third piece is, you know, that last 30 minutes when you have your lineup built and, you know, save that lineup in there. And then that last 30 minutes, watch that news. Let's look for coach chatter. Look for anything that posts that can give you an edge. And then if you have to make a pivot or two from your lineup, uh, then you can do it very easily right down to the wire because, I'll tell you, news comes out that last five minutes sometimes, and one change of one player uh, is the difference between uh, winning a head-to-head cash game or maybe taking down a GPP. So definitely want to do that. Also, you know, we really appreciate all the listenership and the feedback. Tweet us, send us info, let us know what you like about the show, what you'd like to see or wouldn't like to see, whatever. You know, we, we love getting feedback. Also, you know, anytime you want to listen to any of our uh, DFS shows, all you have to do is go anywhere podcasts are found, type in Hoopball NBA DFS or just NBA DFS or even DFS today, and we're going to pop up. And just, you know, we're everywhere that, that uh, podcasts can be heard. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, you name it, we're there. Please take 30 seconds. That's about all it takes to just click those buttons, rate, review, subscribe, five stars, likes, thumbs up. If you have a couple extra seconds and want to put a couple words in on a comment, that's also much appreciated. So as we grow, as we continue to offer the best seven-day free in front of the paywall NBA DFS, we want to keep building our listenership, keep uh Uh, going out there and attracting sponsors. So more comments and more uh, rating, reviewing, and subscribing is really, really appreciated. All right, my man, we are going to hit this last game and finish almost exactly at what you predicted this show would end. So you are going to win both showcases, it looks like here. Um, (laughs) 
We've got the, the 10 p.m. late night sweat game, and that is the Chicago Bulls of 6 and 14 at the Sacramento Kings, 8 and 10. Go for it. Yeah, so I'll I'll start with the uh, with the Bulls. I mean, uh, Zach Levine's has been playing absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it kind of looks like he's finally getting that confidence back, and you know, it looks like it stems back ever since he had a coach. Uh, I mean, a talk with his head coach and kind of called oh. him out. So he's, he's it looks like he's taking advantage of uh, of this usage and almost like he was in the last season. So twenty uh, twenty four twenty four and twenty eight shot attempts, three out of the past four games. That's what we'd like to see. Um, I touched on this, I think, last time when Sacramento played Denver, and I, you know, I, I, I kind of hit the nail on the head with the Gary Harris and Will Barton call shooting guards thrive against yeah. uh, Sacramento. They've been doing that for about two years now, so I, I think it just kind of bodes well for him. I'll have some shares of Zach Levine. I also wanted to mention Sadoransky. He's finally playing starter level minutes. He's dealing with a toe injury. He's probable, um, but instead of going to Shaq Harrison and place a small forward with. Uh, Chandler Hutchison and Otto Porter out. They're opting to go with three guards a little bit more. So we're kind of seeing a couple more minutes get divvied out between Sadoransky and Chris Dunn. So I think that kind of pushes both those guys into territory yeah. of playing. Um, and Kobe White, though, as well. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I just, thing is with Kobe, there's certain games I want to target him in. I'm not saying it's a bad game script for him. Um, I would prefer just to probably spend on the other two guys and fade Kobe. That's probably the route I would go. If I wanted to spend down, I would go to Dunn. But more or less, I'm more interested in Sadoransky than anything. I don't really trust Dunn's minutes just yet. It would be a severe GPP play. I'll probably have a you know, little lower ownership than most people would expect. Um, but it would be Sadoransky that gets the most interested for me because it looks like he's playing a little bit of the three for him. So between Sadoransky and Levine, that's going to be most of my interest on the Chicago side. And okay. then if I uh, if I bounce over to the Sacramento side, it's going to be the usual players, I think. Uh, I'm going to be mostly looking at Buddy Heald. He's just, like I said, the confidence and the shot attempts are back there with him as well. 20, 24, 26 shot attempts over the last three games, hitting value in all three of them. He's underpriced at 7,100. Definitely an option. Uh, Rashad mm-hmm. Holmes has just been smashing, and the minutes look like they're his. If he's getting 37 minutes, I'll lock and load him in this matchup. Um, yeah. No problem doing that. It's 6,500. The price tag makes us want to think about it. But um, he's definitely in play, and then Bogdanovich's price tag actually uh, actually dipped down a little bit. So um, he's going to be he's going to be another one of the options. So I think between those three guys will be my primary focus. I've been playing Belicia uh, quite often actually, and you know it's been paying out here and there. Um, I'm going to probably opt to fade him at 6100. Uh, wouldn't be shocked to see him have a good game, but I'd limit him to GPPs. Well, I think the other three with Heald, Holmes, and Bogdanovich, those three guys can be played in GPPs or tournaments or. Uh, or cash games. Gotcha. Good, good analysis, man. Um, all right, Chicago, 12th pace in the league. Huge pace down game for them because Sacramento's now second to last. They're playing super, super slow. So, you know, I'm concerned about the Chicago guys in this game. I, I know Levine is tempting, but I don't like the price tag. I'm a full fade on Chicago. I'm not even going to waste time talking uh, about them. Sacramento, on the other hand, I agree with the exact same three players you're talking about uh, in in that exact order. I like Heald, Bogdanovich, and then Holmes. Holmes is starting to get into a little bit more expensive than I would hope. Uh, so that's – I'm not 100% sure there. But, man, I feel comfortable. I think Heald's going to make most of my lineups – and I'd love to use Bogdanovich as much as I possibly can as well. Um, I think both of those guys are just fantastic plays. 
You know, defensive efficiency-wise, Chicago's middle of the pack at 13th, um, and Sacramento's at 18th. So they're not terrible defensively. Uh, this probably won't be anywhere in the shouting distance of some of the higher uh, scoring totals for Vegas. Uh, but, I, you know, I have no problem uh, firing up Hill. And if I can fit Bogdanovich or Holmes in, in GPPs, then I will do so and, uh, and then pass on Chicago. So that's it. That's Ooh. what I got. That's it. Look at that. It's like 30 seconds from when you predicted we would finish. So, like I say, you win both showcases. There you go. I'll take it. Give me the jet ski, the vacation, and the camper. I'll take all. Now, do we have do we have a chicken suit challenge? Let's. That's what we got to dig up here. I want to try to get a chicken suit challenge going. Um, I'm looking. Who did I scoff at you with? Bruno Caboclo. Now that's not fair because if Joe Val gets in or out, it, it skews the bet too much. Um, let's see. Who can I challenge you with here? Um, trying to think. Rubio? You liked Rubio a lot, right? Yeah, I, I like Rubio a fair amount. I mean, it, I think at the end of the day, he's probably my third or fourth favorite point guard, but that doesn't mean I won't have shares of him. Okay. Who are your favorite three point guards let me ask you that we'll work back uh, i like trey young and bowman both in that uh same game i'll have shares of tyus jones as well so i think between the three of those guys i'll they'll both guard us some ownership and then uh if all the news falls right i'll have some shares of dennis smith jr as well so uh you know point guard's already pretty deep for me so i just i do like that value though at, at, at his price tag um in that matchup i still think there's some some juice left in the on the bone what about Brogdon? I think Brogdon has he has enough room to hit value. Uh, you know, I don't expect him to bust through that wall, but I'll take Brogdon over somebody in a similar price tag. I think he'll at least get you thirty-five DK and upwards to like forty-three, forty-four. Well, I was going to challenge you, Brogdon against Rubio, but oh uh, well, um, yeah, sure. you know what? I don't. I'm not I'm high just, on Rubio. Uh, you know what? How about this? You give me give me five DK points, and we'll lock that in. Four and a half. So we don't tie. <laughs> All right, I'll, whatever. I'll take the four and a half. I feel like the underdog in it, but it would, uh, you know we haven't no, had, I don't think we so. haven't had a bet in a quite some time. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. not a big one, uh, if anything. But four and a half in Rubio against Brogdon. So I'm gonna be up two, and then it'll be eating dust from there. I think I'll probably have you doubled by next end of next yeah, week. Yeah, I mean when we get these kinds of bets. It's, uh, I, I I could see you easily winning a couple. I winning, You had another one when we had TJ. I had TJ Leaf just because Sabonis played, and oh. so you got a couple asterisk ones. Why not just throw another one in there? Now the best one was when I beat you because our guys got into a fist fight. That yeah. was my favorite one. It was by that like was, a point and a half or something too. Yeah, that was awesome. All right, man. Well, now you lost both showcases. We went over by a minute. Sorry, dude. That was, dun, that was dun, part of your plan. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. It's, make me get a bad chicken soup bet, and then you make me go over and lose my yeah. showcases. I want You're a on tilt. You're on tilt. <laughs> Rubio's going to get that back spasm right in the middle of the first quarter. <clears throat> That's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, I only have like 10% uh, ownership in him, not even if that's the case. All right, dude. Well, I am tomorrow night is my solo night. So I have a seven game slate that I'll be tackling tomorrow. 
including our Dallas Mavericks. How about them whipping the Lakers' ass today? They're good. We talked about a preseason coach. They're a playoff team, man. I think there's no doubt about it. And I wouldn't be shocked to see a mid uh, midseason deal. Oh, there. Yeah, I already know. I'm. Did I tell you that that I chit chatted? I know this is dropping names, but I can do that, and I can do it because it's not breaking confidence because it was in the press. But I chit chatted a little bit a week ago Sunday with my buddy Don Nels, Donnie Nelson, over at uh, the Mavericks had their open house uh, Sunday gig, and uh, it, I'm just telling you they're going to get Iguodala. They're yeah. going crazy. I hope They're so. We were, I think I think that's one of the guys we were talking about. That I think I brought yeah. him up. That he would be a perfect fit for them. They need that kind of veteran, that veteran wing. They don't have that guy that can cover the perimeter defenders. They need that LeBron stopper. That you know that wing stopper. So um, that perfect would be a phenomenal. Guy to get. Yeah, get another and, ball and handler a as well. Ball. Yeah, I mean, just a playoff. Uh, I just I'm so pumped. And it sounds like that we're only going to have to give up uh, probably the expiring. A contract of, of of Lee and uh, maybe a second round pick, so it's going to be a steal. That'd be great for him, and I think that they need to bring in one more big. Yeah, I mean, I I keep waiting for Powell or Kleba to step up, but they're just not quite. I don't think playoff caliber right now, so. For those, you know, for the center position, and and I'll tell you right now, I like Porzingis. He's a really good player, but he is not a a banging center that's going to block people out. And you know, I mean, he gets blocks. He's fourth in the league in blocks, but that's because the dude's seven four. He does not chase down anything or bang around. We need somebody in there that's going to beat somebody up a little bit. I mean, that's. You know, I, I hope we, we go after just uh, one of the bigger, more physical centers to to add to Iguodala so that we have some some guys we can put out there with Porzingis and uh, Luca that, you know, can just do the dirty work. That's the key. Yeah, I completely agree with you. At the end of the day, they, they don't want Porzingis. Even if he could bang, they want that dude healthy. They don't, they don't want yeah. him going toe-to-toe with some of these bigger centers in the league. So... Um, and, and when you think about, you know, their their main competition um, being, you know, in the West, you're looking at guys like the Clippers and you're looking at the Lakers. The Lakers are one team that have those three guys that could bang on the block and really cause some problems for them. So um, yeah. if we know anything about the Mavericks, they, they kind of prep uh, prepare for what their matchups might be in the future. So I wouldn't be shocked to see them go after one of those, uh, you know, big body centers down low. Well, I'll tell you, I haven't seen Donnie this pumped up since, you know, close to like the championship years when we had, you know, JJ and, and all those dudes uh, going with Dirk and everybody. And, and it's been a while. It's been longer than, than I realized, uh, you know, it's been a drought. So this is going to be, uh, this is going to be exciting. I know we're 13 and six, you know, that's pretty damn good. I'm fired up. Let's keep it rolling. All right, brother. Uh, any closing thoughts? No, I think we hit uh, hit every game pretty nicely. We kind of gave a good amount of scenarios on what ifs happen if people sit out, if they play, what happens then. So uh, monitor the news and good luck, guys. Sounds great, man. And uh, we want to thank you for joining us on Hoopball NBA DFS today. For my man, Micah Patria, I'm Coach. We'll catch you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.